Hello and welcome back to the 420 Reasons Why I Quit Drinking podcast. I am your hostess of the mostess and I am here with another episode. This is episode 56 in season two and today I have the great pleasure of um, my coach Andrea Lee coming and participating and sharing her story of her journey with alcohol. Andrea is my accountability coach. She is a holistic business consultant. She um, is a yoga and a meditation coach as well. She helps women clarify their vision, desires, and bring them to her, their dreams to life. I am so thrilled to have Andrea here with me today. And so, so no further ado, here's today's episode of the 120 Reasons Why I Quit Drinking Alcohol, number 56. This one is called I Got Vegas. Start hitting recording. Well, hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you guys here today. And I have um, a special guest with me again, Andrea Lee. She is just this dynamite lady that I have met last year in um, some of the courses, uh, one of the courses I was taking and we connected. Um, she, I needed somebody to help me to be accountable and um, in which she has stepped in to do, but she's also like this strategist. She is, um, helps me with all my mindfulness um, there's so much more that she does in supporting women, and she's got this incredible business, and she also has her own story to share about her alcohol journey, and we're here today to talk about it. So welcome, Andrea. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for your kind introduction, and yeah, it's just a pleasure to be able to, to share a little bit of my own journey with, with the booze. Yeah. So Andrea, do you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself and where you're from? And uh... yeah, um, I'm from Powell River, British Columbia in Canada. I grew up in a really small town, beautiful town uh, on the west coast of BC. I live now in Whistler, British Columbia, a little ski resort. Um, yeah, I work remotely. I run my business here with my husband and my dog. And yeah, life is good, but definitely getting to this, this point of life, there was... Um, yeah, I had a whole pre-life before becoming a yoga teacher and learning about mindfulness and meditation and healthy eating and all of the things. And there was a big chunk of my life that was really unhealthy and really dark and really bleak. Um, and but through darkness comes light. So here I am. <laughs> Love to hear that. Yeah, we all have this journey, and uh, I'm so grateful that you're here to um, share it with me. And I guess I guess we'll just jump in and I think mm -hmm. last week I was talking about the ages of kids when they start drinking and um I know I started about uh I had my first drink at like 12 what how old were you when you had your first uh try of alcohol yeah I was 12 as well that's so funny uh because when I reflect on it now and I look at 12 year olds I'm like they're so young like they shouldn't be they shouldn't be drinking and I think like I don't know, maybe it was just then people drank earlier, perhaps it was from being from such a small town, but that was just sort of normal starting to drink that young. And what I realized for me is having started drinking that young and that became the focus of all of our social interactions is that I never actually learned how to socialize without alcohol. 
Uh, and it wasn't until I got to the part of my journey where I needed to stop drinking that I was like, I don't, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to socialize because I've been drinking since I was 12 in every social situation. Um, so it was really uncomfortable. That was a big learning edge for me. You know, I, I'm right there with you. I feel that that's what, how I grew up as well. And, and drinking, um, at a very early age, that's just how we socialized. That's mm -hmm. just what you did. And anytime that you were getting together with friends, we were always trying to figure out how to bring that alcohol into it. Mm -hmm. And then, so you started at 12, did you continue or was it just like a dabble? And then, um, because some people like they try it and then they go like at the age of 14, 15, they dabble in it more and it's like on a regular basis. Yeah, it just got worse and, and worse. Like it, it was probably less when we were younger. And then, but then once we got into high school, um, you know, every, every weekend was about the booze. And then, then once I got into college, um, yeah, I, can't, I don't know it was so much midweek, but yeah, every week I went about the booze and I was similar to you. Like I was a, I was a waste case. I would just get friggin' wasted. I would get blackout wasted. Like the amount of times I've blacked out is just hundreds. It's appalling. And I would get really, really sick. Like I would always either that night, sometimes I would get sick and then I'd come back to the party. Um, or the following day, I'd be so sick. And sometimes I'd be like sick until like two o'clock in the afternoon. And then it'd be time to party again. You start drinking again, you start partying again. Um, and then I'd say like, cause I started to similar to you. I worked in, I worked in hotels and restaurants. I was a server for years. So it was in that business. Like I worked, you know, the evening shift. Uh, so, you know, that would just lead to unhealthy habits. I'd make a bunch of money serving and then uh, I'd go out that night and I'd spend it all at the bar. I'd get blackout wasted and make really poor choices. Um, and I would always feel terrible the next day. So then I make really poor health choices. Like, oh, I better eat a whole pizza uh, to like help heal my gut because it, I've just like abused it so much. And that, that behavior went on well, until I was about 25. And then I got like an office job. So that settled me down a bit, but then the weekends would still be binging. Um, and it wasn't until like I hit a rock bottom place when I was 33 that I finally was like, Oh, something's got to give here. Okay. So that was your moment that you knew that that was time to like reevaluate. Do you want to share what, like, yeah, I was, was. Um, one of the jobs that I had, I continued on in hospitality and uh, the job that I had required me to, to travel for, for work. So um, I would travel to different conferences and trade shows. And these events were always really like elaborate, lots of booze, lots of food. It was a whining and dining event. And I was there to like promote the destination I was promoting. Um, and so, yeah, you want to be this, like, you're kind of on stage and having never learned how to actually just love me for me. Cause there was, you know, a lot of this is just tied up into self love and I didn't have that at the time. So these events were like a massive trigger in this particular event. I was in Las Vegas. There was a trade show that would happen there. It was like five days long. Um, and it was like a luxury trade show. So everything was over the top yes. and everyone gets dressed up and, you know, they buy out the nightclubs and it's, you know, it's quite elaborate and fun and booze field. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Unlimited Moet and Chandon. Like, why not? 
Um, and it was that trip that was just a few nights in a row. And then that final night and in Vegas, like you, I got Vegas when you're just like, you're so wasted. You don't know where you are. You don't know what time it is. Um, and yeah, I remember like going, like making my way back to my room and, and talking to all these people that I'm like, what did I even say to these people? Like what an ass I've made of myself all night, just being ridiculous. And then yeah, waking up with my head in the toilet again, um, after so many times being sick like that, and just feeling at that time, I was feeling really anxious and depressed, like just everything was coming to a head where I was, you know, I, I had really negative thoughts about like, what am I even doing on this planet, like things were getting dark for me. Um, and I remember waking up that, that morning and sick and just being like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Um, and I was scrolling through Facebook as you do when you're like depressed and down and feeling terrible. And I was looking through Facebook and this nutrition course popped up with a woman locally that was hosting it. And, um, and it really spoke to me as like, you know, heal, heal your gut, heal your mind, because those things are connected, like nurse yourself properly and you can help to heal these other aspects. And I signed up for that. And that was like a pivotal changing point in my life where I, then I started to learn about nutrition and like how I could, you know, if I stopped drinking, like how the drinking was contributing to these depressive thoughts and tendencies. Um, and I just started to like put the pieces of the puzzle together. Yeah. Aren't those, it's so nice when that even, you know, it's all this struggle. There was always negotiating and like, oh, I'm not going to drink as much this time. And and next time I'm going to do it differently. And then you're at the point that you're like, oh my gosh, I can't do it. And we're doing this endless scrolling and the answer popped up in there to like, oh, that gave you the light You go, oh my gosh, there's like this other aspect that I can learn about that I can, you know, nurture my body and then really learning about alcohol and what it actually does. And this is why I feel so shitty and so depressed. And mm -hmm. and we don't like, we just, we're, we don't learn that we don't necessarily realize. And it certainly wasn't an easy path and, um, you know, stopping the booze. Like I had to, it really impacted my friendships and relationships. And I remember going to parties where I was like, okay, I'm not going to drink, like showing up to to parties and to socialize and not drink was like the hardest thing ever. It was so hard. And I know that, you know, this, um, yes. and, and that's why it's like, yeah, I won't sugarcoat people that want to make changes. Like it, you really have to want to show up for yourself and make those changes. And people would say hurtful things like, Oh, when's fun, Andrea coming back? Because yeah, sure. Was I, was I a party when I was drinking? For sure. I was. Um, but I know I had to do it for, for myself and, you know, those first couple weekends, like I remember when I wouldn't drink on the weekends and I'd wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh my God, I feel so good. Like, and my days would be so productive and full and um, just these, these little glimmers of, of how life could be different um, and how much better I could feel. Cause at the same time as giving up the booze, I was changing my diet um, and, and starting to practice mindfulness. And I was like, whoa, this is, I felt like for years, I'd just been living in this fog with this cloud over my head. Like I never felt awake and alive. I just sort of felt like grinding through every day, but just sort of like, Bleh. and then, and then it's like, ah, like this lightness happened and things started to, to lift. And once I started to taste that, like, whoa, is this, is this what it feels like to feel awake and alive and well in my body? Then it, it made it easier to keep 
going because you can taste this like, oh, it's other way of being. Yeah, that is such an important thing to remember that feeling that you can have where you're clear, you can, you feel like alive, you feel like you can focus. And that is something to hold on to when you get into those situations, don't you think, where you're brought up against the drinking and you're like, what should I do? Like, oh, I don't want to feel so crappy with my head in the toilet, but I do want to feel like that. And so did you have other um, tools like that you would take in your mind, back pocket, or in a in a cooler when you went to the parties? Because I know that I needed to have like, I made sure I brought extra food to the party that I could eat because once again, you were talked about how you were changing what you were eating. Mm -hmm. And I know that was a case for me and then making sure I had the right beverage. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was so always really mindful if I was like, okay, I'm going here. Like, all right, what's the food? Cause you know, typical events you go to the food's not that healthy. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to make sure I have my food set up. And then when I, at the time though, when I stopped drinking, like, you know, there wasn't a lot of great non-alcoholic beverage options. So I was usually bringing like sparkly water or kombucha. I'd often just try and put something in a glass. So then people don't have to see that you're drinking something non-alcoholic just to avoid conversations around it. When I went to work events, I would get like a cranberry uh, and soda. Like I, I would always have something that people couldn't tell that was non-alcoholic. Uh, Cause at the time I was very conscious to it because initially I remember when people would be like oh you're not drinking like it made people so uncomfortable and, and then I was like oh god what's wrong with me but I realized quite quickly that I'm like it's not me that's the problem here it's the other person that cannot handle the fact that I'm choosing to not drink like me not drinking is triggering something within them um which was really fascinating to see and then, and then it starts to get interesting when you are the sober one at, at parties. Cause I had been the drunken mess for so many years. Yes. And then being the, the sober one, you're like, oh, this is interesting. Like, is that what I was doing for all those years? Um, but yeah, I did have to be really um, prepared going in. Um, and I would always offer to be the designated driver, which also meant that I had control over when I could go home. Um, and yeah, I, I would either drive separately or be the DD. So then, yeah, when I was like, oh no, I've reached my capacity here. I need to go. And even now, like, um, I mean, there's so many more brands of non-alcoholic, uh, beverages, but I still like when I go camping or if it's a sunny day, like I love non-alcoholic, non-alcoholic Coronas. Um, cause I do like the taste of booze. So it is, it is difficult, but I don't like the way that it makes me feel. Um, and then it's also interesting when, you know, I remember being like, I don't like the way booze makes me feel like other than the sickness that it made the next day. But I actually I don't need to escape myself when I feel good in my vessel. I don't that I'm not seeking to because that's what people are doing when they're drinking and they're escaping this like ugh, ickiness you might feel. At least that's what I was doing. I didn't love myself. So I'm like, give me the booze so I don't have to feel what I'm feeling. But when you actually feel good, then I, there's nothing I need to escape. So I don't need to drink. Yeah, totally. I mean, that, yeah, it was just what that was. Well, and once again, we go back and this is what we were taught to do. And at that early age, and this is how you interacted. And then it was like, wait a minute. No, this isn't the way to do it. You know, and putting together a new playbook. And I wasn't always one, like, I've always just done the bubbly water. And, um, and I find it so interesting that 
alcohol is the only drug that people question you why you're not doing it. Like I should go, we should be the ones that are turning around going, why are you drinking? Like, Mm -hmm. do you like ending up like this? And I know for me at one point, one of my boyfriends, um, he recorded me and he played back the, actually it was a voicemail that I left and he played it back for me. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And then once I did quit, once again, you're going to the parties and like you mentioned, you're seeing how people are behaving and you're like, oh my gosh, that was me. Thank God that's not me anymore. Like, I don't want to be that person. And, and And then I went around and was like, I apologize to my friends for Mm -hmm. that behavior because I was in the middle of the party, passed out with my legs in the air. And my friend is like, oh, let's pull her skirt down and let's, and, and then, but just the awareness of knowing that you don't want to feel like this anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and now that we've tasted it, you just want to continue in that mode. Like, okay, this is how I feel when I drink. And this is when I, this is how I feel when I don't. And it's so much better and always going, okay, I know if I just hang on to this good feeling and I can make it through tonight and I'm in control because I'm not wasted and I can leave when I want, Mm -hmm. I can drive away. Mm -hmm. I don't like, and I also try to get to the party earlier so I get them well, before they're all drunk. And then yeah. it's like, when that repeating time comes, 10 o'clock at night-ish, you're like, yeah, it's exactly, it's exactly, exactly how it is. And you're like, oh, it's time, it's time for me to go. And it's as much as the beginning of that journey was really hard. It's funny once you kind of come over a hump because I tend to forget now because now I just, I don't think about booze. It's not a thought. It's not a worry. I will have like, I'm not completely alcohol free. I will have a drink on occasion, like on special occasions. Like I probably have like a drink or two a month. Um, I love a really nice margarita. I love a nice glass of bubbles, but like, that's it. So um, for me, the fact that I can even be there is, is a gift because I remember when I had to strategize in my mind of like, okay, like I'm going to try to just drink this much or when you're trying to give it up, like there was just always so much negotiating happening in Uh my mind. And now it's like, it's just not even a thought. Like I just, I don't think about alcohol. Um, and, and sometimes, yeah, if I go for dinner and it's like, Hmm, Oh, okay. This is a fancy dinner. I'll have one glass of bubbles. And that's just like a nice treat I can give myself, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a thing. And I know with other friends of mine that are like, okay, I'm going to try and do sober October. And I'm like, God, I remember when that was like a thing and that was hard. And I'm just so thankful that it's just not a consideration anymore. No, it's so nice not to have to worry about it. Like it's not a thought for me. Um, And the only time it has become a thought for me is when I'm now trying to, when I go to those events, um, making sure I've just had a harder time lately kind of navigating being in the being around it the drunkenness Mm -hmm. and now I'm feeling like I'm to the point that I'm like I'm okay thank you for the invitation I appreciate it but I'm not able to make it you know and knowing what really works so much better for me and it's it's not hard to um uh to well it is hard i mean it's hard to like say well 
it's not easy to say no to those things that you've always done. And then here we are like, but we're now realizing we're trying to practice some self-care and that's, Mm -hmm. there was no self-care. It was how the heck am I going to get drunk out of my mind? And, Mm -hmm. and thinking that that was the way that I could socialize with people. And, and it just was so not anything that um, I'm, I'm so glad that I'm not in that and having to negotiate or navigate that because that's all it was. The mind was always working like, do I do this? Do I do that? And And it um, it is, it's a big shift in the way of, of living. Like you say with, um, cause you, you've stayed kind of in, in the party. And I would say my, like my friend group really shifted a lot. Um, and yeah, I would say I don't have like a big group anymore. So I'm not in those situations very often. Um, life is quieter, (laughs) um, but in a wonderful, in a wonderful way. And yeah, I have, yeah, I have other things that I'll, that I'll do with people. I host women's circles and um, I have other friends that will lead different events, sound baths and ecstatic dance. So just other events and ways of interacting with like-minded people that is a a sober environment. I'll seek out more of those opportunities. Um, But yeah, it's a shift in the way that, that life was lived and I'm thankful for it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm thankful that you're here to share that journey because some people just don't even like, how do you even start? Mm -hmm. Uh, and where do you go? And when you did it, did you have any like support of AA? Did you have any sober friends that were, um, helping you? No, I had this, this nutrition course was really impactful because it was local. Um, I think it was about four months. So just being connected in that, in that way with those people that were all, you know, following and, you know, leading a healthier lifestyle, Um, and as I began to then study my health coaching, I, you know, I didn't have necessarily support and I guess, yeah, I I was still going to events with everyone that was drinking uh, and it was really just my own determination within me, um, that supported me with continuing on. I did start seeing a counselor as well, just to help work through like, what is this? What is this stuff? Like, you know, why, why, why is there such a, a lack of self love like what's going on here um and peeling back some of those layers and then that's when I started diving into like you know my yoga teacher training um you know breathwork practices journaling became really big um and then with a strong focus on nutrition like always trying and exploring and cooking like there's just other things that seemed to be taking up my my time that helped me to stay focused and helped me to start connecting with other people that were also on a healthier path yeah yeah um filling your time with the right things now i mean it was always like oh i can't do that i have to go out drinking oh i can't do that i've got to go to the next party no i can't do that i need to get to the gym because i'm gonna walk out of the feeling so much better yeah you know the mindfulness doing some meditations the other alternatives going for a walk on the lake, going for a yeah. bike ride, uh, a new hobby, 
painting, painting rocks. There are so many other wonderful things. Well, and then you're so, we- like, I've become obsessed with like, oh, there's this breathwork practice that's going to do this and this yoga thing that'll do that. Like I've, I've become obsessed with like, oh, how can, how can I feel my, my best as I age? And you know, what are these, what are these things I can do? And I know that that's, that's not, that's not everyone's path, but I think once you have an experience of recognizing that you're in control of where you're going and you're in control of your destiny and it's up to you and it's up to how much effort you want to put in because there's no one that's going to come along and save you um so if you want to lead a different sort of life and you want um, a career that lights you up you want relationships that light you up like it's on you to to find those things and it comes down to making sure you're taking care of yourself first Yeah, that thing about somebody else coming and saving, I thought that that would be something that um, might happen for me. Um, And I, and then I realized that no one else is, no one's going to do it. I've got to like do it for myself. And, um, and then thinking I could go and help save other people, but that's Mm -hmm. not the case. All Mm -hmm. we can do is be here to share our journey, how we went through it. Um, tips and tools that have worked for us and um, any kind of mindfulness practices um, I know that has been so helpful and and then just being there to support somebody else and being a listening ear is um, I know that was really important for me Um, and I had a couple people that supported me I'd like a personal trainer who didn't drink and uh, Mm -hmm. and so that was super helpful um, because going into that social situation, once again, when you're the only one not drinking, um, just kind of, it, it does make you, um, it made me feel alone. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but then actually after a while, I'm like, I'm really the cool one here. (laughs) I don't drink. I'm not looking like that. And I'm not behaving like that. And I have control over what I'm doing, what I'm eating. Cause yeah, when you're like the, the food, I always like to bring like hummus because people are serving fried stuff and Mm -hmm. dips and things that weren't. And then just being able to go in there and, and setting myself up for success. Yeah. It takes time and energy and effort to do. And another uh, big yes. like mindset shift for me was like pulling myself out of that victim mode. Cause I think I had this story of like, oh, well, this happened to me or that happened to me. And like, woe is me. Like, I'll just never be able to do these things because I just haven't, you know, this is the path. Like, I kind of had that attitude. But when I started to take my life into my own hands and be like, well, no, this this is up to me. I can do whatever I want. I can create the life I want. Um, But it takes us again. Yeah, like showing up for ourselves in order to do that and um, and putting in the hard work to get to the other side you know, and day after day, like, okay, yeah, this is what I'm choosing for, for myself. Yeah. Um, what do you, what would you say is your like deepest gratitude about being sober today? Oh, I think just that it led me on a path to like, come home to myself, like, you know, your true authentic self, like the person that was always there, but that we kind of, um, gets clouded in all of these stories or these thoughts we say about our ourselves and um yeah it was through the journey of letting go of the booze that I'm like oh I'm I'm okay like I'm okay just the way 
that I that I am, and it's like just a really simple way of of being. Um, I think just like the clarity of how you see things. Um, oh. Yeah, I feel so so much gratitude for that. Oh, it is that clarity is um, it's so it's such a wonderful thing to have, and I know I like. I wish it for others as well. Mm -hmm. And, and for others that what would be your hope for others if they are stuck in that spiral, like what kind of words of um, what would you share with them and give it advice? I think I'd just say like, there's, there's just so many tools and practices and they're becoming really mainstream now. Um, So yeah, find, find the right person that you feel like you connect with, start exploring different, different healing modalities, like explore some yoga, explore some meditation, explore some healthy food, a breathwork practice, a sound bowl meditation, like a woman's circle, like just, just start exploring, like get out of your comfort zone. It's like, oh, maybe it's a whatever midweek night. And you see this event that that you're like, oh, that sounds kind of interesting. Oh, but maybe I wouldn't fit or I don't know. And who knows, but like, just, just try something different like just do something in a different way because if you do what you always done you're going to get what you've always got and it's up to you to like how can you just just change something a little bit um or you know maybe you just explore like oh I'll just go to this party and um I'm just not going to drink this one time and just just see how it feels um and see like be aware of what is that bringing up for you like what are the triggers because it's through the process that you're going to be triggered as all get up of like oh it's going to show you things but like honoring that and I think just being with the discomfort because there is a level of discomfort and we're reaching for the booze it's because we don't want to feel the discomfort but like what is that discomfort showing you like allow yourself to slow down enough just to, to see um and see what other what other path might be available? Cause I just, there's so much available for people. And like, there's so much possibility if we allow ourselves to see it and step into like a higher version of ourselves. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you. And uh, one thing that I continue to do is explore, you know, my relationship with, uh, you know, I've, I'm not drinking, but my relationships have really, like come to life and where I'm at with them. And so that's been, um, that hasn't been necessarily easy, but the other thing that I uh, shared with people is that I smoke pot and I, um, last year did this sober curious challenge that made me look at what I was doing with my, um, relationship with marijuana. And I, drastically changed that. And, and I knew through this podcast that there might be an opportunity for that whole thing to shift for me as well. And which has now led me to in June, um, June 5th through the 12th, I'm going to be doing this sober curious challenge again. And I'm really looking forward to it. Because um, when I did it last year, you know, if I'm going to be leading this with other people, I need to be practicing what I preach. And of course I don't drink, but let's practice. Let's try, let's go through my life without the smoking pot. And, um, I'm really excited to do it again because I, and what I'm going to share with people are some journal prompts, but what I had done was I, 
brought up all these questions and asked like, why am I continuing to do this? And so I want to be able to have people kind of look at what they're doing and examining what they like about their drunk or high self and, and, and really kind of take some deep reflections. And I want to be able to try to offer some tactical tools and um, uh, tips on yeah. how to continue to, um, to explore that way of living. I think it's um, beautiful because it helps people like peel back the layers, but also you're, you're holding space for, especially because I know you're hosting it around happy hour. It's like, yeah, yes. instead of your happy hour, step into Diane's Sober Curious Challenge with other people that are um, sober as well. And you're all up against the same thing. And you just, you realize too, when you put yourselves in those groups of people that you're not alone. And there's other people that want to live in a different, healthier way and allow yourself to be guided by somebody who has been, how many years are you sober now? I'll, it's 12 years in September. Damn. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. you know, seek for, seek for people who can guide you on the journey. Cause it was, yeah. Through other people's inspiration that kept me going different teachers, different people that I, that I worked with that I'm like, Oh wow. Like, look at what you have done. Like if you can do it, I can do it too. And I think that that's, what's really important is yeah. Finding, finding people that can support you along the journey. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, I, I want to do that for people because I never thought that it was possible for me not to drink. Mm-hmm. That is just what I thought it was mm-hmm. with my friends. Now, my parents didn't drink, but that is just like, and I, like you said, I, you know, you're the life of the party. Like, how does my life go on without drinking? And it really does in such a better manner. And yeah with more clarity. And I love being able to wake up and remember what I had done um, the night before on the memory. Yeah, and not now. like hanging my head in the toilet. Good God. Yeah. Yeah. Andrea, thank you so much for sharing your journey with alcohol with um, me and all of us. And I just also want to share, um, I want you to elaborate on it, but one thing that Andrea does besides being this awesome coach for me and others, but she has a podcast, the holistic living podcast. And I'll tell you, you need to drop in and check that out. There's been days that I've been frazzled and I have gone to that podcast and, um, it just set my mindset and back into the right motion. So, um, Andrea, do you want to talk a little bit about your podcast, where we can find you other ways that we could people, if they're looking for an awesome strategic accountability coach, how we can get in touch with you? Yes. Thank you. Um, so yeah, you can find me the holistic living podcast. Um, I drop a new episode once a month and you can find me on Instagram, um, at Andrea Lee living, Uh, And then if you wanted to shoot me an email, I'm always available as well. But on my Instagram, you can book um, a discovery call with me if you want to learn about ways to work with me. And I think that uh, Diane will just drop my other contact information in the show notes. I'll have that all in there in the show notes. I'll tell you, my life has been so much better. Once I met, I went into this container last year, I met this tribe of women and Andrea and I connected and I have come so much further in my journey with the support of her. And I just want to say thank you for being so awesome, for being such a like 
great support cheerleader. You can always help me. Even like there's days that she's worked with me and I'm totally like overwhelmed and she's been giving me some tapping tools and just the practices that she has shared has just changed my life. So I just can't say enough good things about this woman. I, I wish she was a little closer, but I guess I'm just going to need to go up to Canada to visit. And yeah. Uh, yeah. so we can uh, meet in person and hang out and go and do some fun activities and yeah. be out in nature, which we both love to do. So, yes. Oh, thank um, you. You're so kind. Yeah, I'm so grateful for your time and for you being here and for everybody else joining on the 420 reasons why I quit drinking. And I'm so grateful to have a guest come on and share her journey with us. So thanks for being here. We'll see you next time and God bless. Hey, I want to thank you again for stopping by and listening to the 420 Reasons Why I Quit Drinking podcast. I'm excited that you continue to support and listen. Please rate and review, share. Um, That just moves the algorithm so that more people can find me. I was so excited when um, Amber reached out to let me know that she found me and the podcast helped her save herself from her from herself and so i want you to know that you guys can reach out to me i am here and i am available please dm me you can email me the information is in the show notes how to contact me i have a discovery call available in my link tree on my instagram available in the show notes there are multiple ways to get to me and um, you can email me to talk to me about being sober curious. It could be something that you've been pondering. It can be something that you um, just thought about once you heard this. Check it out. It's going to be June 5th through June 12th and it's going to be a life-changing experience um, for me. I hope it is for you. And I just want you to know that I am here. If you want to learn more about being sober curious, let me know. And also, I'm here to talk about CBD. Let's have a conversation. Are you looking at something to support your health? Endocannabinoids are so um, impactful that affect so many parts of our system, our appetite, our sleep, our digestion, our mood, our memory, our metabolism, our hormones and heart function. And so this could be just the support that you're looking for if you're having problems sleeping. If you're looking for energy, I told you that collagen drink is outstanding. Just so you know what the difference is between the uh, marijuana and the hemp. Marijuana makes you feel and hemp makes you heal. I'm here to help you on this journey of healing, restoring your health, restoring your life, and making it a better day every day. So God bless, and thanks again for stopping by.